And today as they're doing that, uh, this is the last Sunday, the last in the series for The Time Is Now. Have you ever noticed that there are certain seasons that timing is critical? You ever noticed that? that? Don't get quiet on me. Don't you go to sleep on the eighth. I'm telling you, don't do that to me. I had to get up early too, y'all. Now, have you ever noticed that there are seasons when timing is critical? You know, we live in, in the South. We live in Middle Tennessee, and agriculture has always been a huge factor in all of our lives, well, most of our lives. Uh, before That was before Second Avenue became a foreign nation down in Nashville. Now you go down there, you're like, I don't even know where I'm at anymore. But especially in Sumner County, Robertson County, and the counties around us, agriculture was huge. But when it's harvest time, you go to work. Why? Because you don't get to wait and put it off. Because if you put it off, the harvest ruins. So the time is now. And it's really important that we grab hold of this. And today I want to talk to you about one of the final things that I think are huge in every life, especially of every believer, and maybe one of the greatest challenges that you might face. And it's the struggle with compromise. We don't talk about it a whole lot in our Christian circles, but it's, the one, it's one of those things that sneaks into our life and causes us to grow distant from God. And it starts in little things and expands. And it's something we need to talk about. So today, if you would, would you stand to your feet as we get ready to open the Word of God? And uh, we've been reading out of the book of Haggai for the, this month, this first chapter. And so as we're standing, I, I don't want to go through the entire passages, but I do want to summarize. The season in which God's people found themselves was a season where they began to focus on themselves instead of the things of God. And God sends the prophet. God speaks to the prophet, and, and the prophet speaks to the people for God. And as he spoke, he reminded them, is this time for you to focus on your stuff, or is it time for you to focus on God's stuff? Because our walk is always a walk of priority. What are the priorities in our lives? And that's what this passage speaks about. And I love it in verse 7. Haggai chapter 1, verse 7. And it says, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. What a powerful statement. But that's not the only scripture I want to share. I want us to jump into Luke chapter 16. We're going to jump into the New Testament. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. Luke chapter 16, verse 10. It says, The one who is faithful in, very little, in a very little thing is also faithful in much. And the one who is unrighteous in a very little thing is also unrighteous in much. I love that in the NASB translation. Such a powerful statement. Who is faith, one who is faithful in very little thing is also faithful in much. And one who is unrighteous in those things. They didn't get it all on there, did they? Sorry. One who is unrighteous in a very little thing is also unrighteous in much. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the call upon all of our lives. And today, Lord, 
I pray that you will speak boldly, clearly to your people. Father, we recognize that we are in a season of challenges. We are in a season of anxiety in this world. But you have come that we might have a full life, a full life that completes the work that you've called us to. So, Father, I pray that today, speak to our hearts. Let this seed that's sown find fertile soil and bring back a harvest of good. And when we leave our time together, I pray, God, that those who need deliverance will be delivered. Those that need restoration will be restored. Those that are searching for hope will find it in you. So when we leave, may we leave changed in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And amen. You can be seated today. So I just wanted to share something with you. Uh, I, I had heard a story about these guys, and they were talking, and the friend was speaking to another friend. They were talking about compromise. They were talking about compromise, and, and as they began to talk, he looked at his friend and said, said, well, here's the deal in my marriage. Here's how we compromise. My wife makes all the small decisions, and I make all the big ones. Does that make sense? Anybody? Okay. All right. And he looks at me and goes, wow, really? So how, how, how does that work? So what, what does a big decision look like? He goes, well, I don't know. We hadn't had any of those yet. <laughs> There's some compromises that just don't work, guys. Let's just call it what it is, right? Compromise. You know, we, we look at the world and we look at our political system and we, we begin to look at our lives the same way as the political systems in where it takes compromise to get anything done. But sometimes we walk with this compromise in our lives, not realizing in our spiritual walk, compromise is your enemy. Compromise will destroy you. Compromise will cost you more than you can ever imagine. So we have to deal with these things in our lives and understand that. So what I'd like to do is give you a working definition of compromise this morning. So a working definition of compromise is simply this. It says that going just a little bit below what you know is right. That's a working definition of what compromise is. And we see this in every aspect of our lives at times. You know, there are times in our, our marriages and our relationships that we're a little compromised. Different levels, different spaces. In our walk with God, we'll find ourselves distracted, focused on other things. All these different avenues that compromise enters into our life. And the problem is, is that we live in a culture who functions unaware constantly. Functions unaware of the, the strategies of the enemy and the what he's wanting to do in your life. We just ignore it. We just want to put things down like, like it's not a big deal. I'm going to tell you something. In the season in which we live right now, this is not the time to tolerate compromise in your life. This is the time in which you need to be really hyper-focused on where your heart is, where your priorities are, what is your relationship with Jesus. And it comes down to this. Are you making him proud or are you making him sad? I think that's a really important question. Because the Bible talks about as Jesus comes back uh, that it's an important moment that he's coming back for a church without wrinkle, without spot. Now that's a whole nother understanding, another teaching. But what I want you to see is that we know he's coming back. And I don't know about you, I want him to come back with me being about my father's business. So I think it's important for us to be honest 
with ourselves to say, what, if, what is it in my life that I've been just going uh, just a bit below what I know is right? In other words, how close can I get to the world and still be okay? How much can I play? You know, where's the gray area? I think sometimes instead of us getting more intimate with God, we search for the gray. Where can I just be okay? Where can I just get in? I can just slip into heaven by the skin of my teeth, so as they used to say, all those things. We need to realize that's a spirit. There's a spirit of compromise that's part of what we see going on in our world. And that's why we see so many issues inside the American church. That's why we see in believers' lives, they have become adapted to compromise to where we think compromise is normal. But I'm here to tell you, compromise should never be normal in the life of the believer. So what is a, a spirit of compromise? Well, really, it's a, a spirit of weakness. If we're just being really honest, it's a spirit of weakness when it says that I'm only gonna do what I feel is right. That's a compromise. Because we know our feelings change. We talk about that all the time. You know, I'm gonna put how I feel above what I know is right. It's probably a better way to say it. So, you know, it's like I feel like loving people. I feel like not loving people. But what does the Bible tell us? To love others unconditionally. So we see this, there, it becomes a compromise when we begin to stand on our feelings. Uh, how about this? Another a place of a spirit of compromise would be where I allow others to dictate what I do and what I don't do instead of God. And I guess the great example would be when I allow culture to tell me what is moral and what is immoral. Because we know that the culture is never, it has never gotten that right, <laughs> you know, ever. You know, so as we look at this, I think this is a powerful way to see this because the truth is a spirit of compromise will also bring you to a place where your obligation to keep promises is dependent on your mood. I mean, how many times it's like you, you run into that? Because the truth is we're, deal with, we're dealing with emotions every day, right? But if you don't step in and be the man or woman that God's called you to be and face and confront the compromises in your life and say, I refuse to allow a spirit of compromise to keep me off target, to push me away from what I know that I need to be doing. In other words, it comes down to this. The time is now to stop playing with the compromises that you've made in your walk of faith. It really is. And can I tell you this? The time to deal with the compromise... The time to deal with it is not when your life's falling apart because of compromise, which is what compromise will lead to. That, it's the time, it's before. You should prepare beforehand because here's the deal. Everyone in here, everyone that's listening today, you're going to con come to a moment in life where you're confronted with a temptation to compromise. Every one of you. So the question is not when or not if, it's when. So will you be prepared for that moment? And that's what I want to challenge you with today and help give you some tools that can help you. Uh, you know, I, I remember this story that somebody told me once. It was about these two guys, and, and it was way back in the, the West days, and, and they were traveling by covered wagon. And as these two guys were traveling by covered wagon, you know, one guy, Charlie, was driving the wagon, 
And then the other guy is in the back and, and he's just doing some stuff and he's supposed to be watching behind him to make sure that there's no, no guys, no bandits, anything like that. So he's on the watch, right? So all of a sudden, Charlie hears him in the back and, and he says, Charlie, I see something. And Charlie says, what do you see? And he goes, I see people way off. I can see them back there. And he goes, well, how close are they? And he looks at him, he goes, well, they're about this tall. He goes, okay, all right, all right. So they drive down for a little bit longer and they're, as they're going, he, he says, Charlie, those people, they're still there. And he says, okay, okay well, how, how, how big are they now? How close are they now? And he says, well, he goes, they, they're about this tall. So a little bit further back, they're driving and they get to the other location. They're kind of pulling in and all of a sudden he says, Charlie, they're here. And he says, well, well how, how close are they? He said, they're this big. He said, well, shoot them. Shoot them because they're going to hurt us. You know, shoot them. And he goes, Charlie, I can't. He said, Why? Because I knew them when they were this big. Some of you have been dealing with your compromise so long, you don't want to get rid of it because you know it so well. You've known it since it was this big. In our lives, we have to learn that no matter what the compromise is, if you don't deal with it, it's going to consume your life. You're going to get shot. <laughs> we have to watch over our lives, and we need to be willing to deal with that stuff. No matter what, because our relationship with Jesus has to be the priority. It has to be. So I want to give you just a few key thoughts today, and this is the first one. The compromise you've learned to live with will become the stronghold that inhibits you from being the overcomer you're meant to be. That's, that compromise will turn into a stronghold. You're thinking when you entertain wrong thinking, it will become a stronghold in your life. We could think of examples and talk about them all day long because that's an easy one. You let a thought grow root in your heart and cause you to be disinterested or disconnected or in whatever way in a relationship will cause disaster in that relationship. It's the same way in your walk with God. We have to realize if we don't deal with it, it will become a stronghold and that will absolutely keep you from accomplishing what God created you to accomplish. That's a really strong thing. So what I wanna do is give you two things today. How do you deal with compromise? How do you deal with compromise in your life? There's a lot of different ways, but for sake of time, I thought, let me just pick two that can really help us that we can walk out of here today and we can apply to our lives, and we can be better because of it. So the first one is, is this one. Decide beforehand that you will not be redirected from the purpose God has called you to. Decide beforehand. You know, there's an interesting story in the Bible, and I love it, uh, as it as it talks about different people throughout Scripture. But this, this one's a lady named Rahab. You may remember this story as Joshua was coming into the city and the walls of Jericho fell, all that. We know the, the story and all the kids' songs that went with that one when we were young. But Rahab was, uh, was a harlot in the city. And as Joshua's men, as they 
snuck into the city, as they snuck in, tried to do all the things, try to figure out everything that was going on and get a plan, all this stuff. She hid them. She hid them and she, she basically risked everything. And I look at that and at some point she had to make a decision that no matter what happens, I'm choosing to do what I know is right. Now, the choice that she made, and the story, I don't want to go into her story completely, but the one thing that we can see is that because of the decision she made, she was delivered, her life was saved, her family was saved, and here's another thing. Because of the decision she made, she became, her line was part of the lineage of Jesus. What would have happened if she had a compromise? It would have been easier to just say, hey, you know what, this is too complicated, you know what, I'm not putting my family at risk for you. I don't even, I barely know you. But she knew what was right in her heart and she stood upon that. And she decided that she would face the consequences no matter what it turned out to be. She wasn't gonna compromise. And too many of us are willing to compromise because we don't want discomfort. We don't want the stress, the challenge, the anxiety that comes with these confrontations. But what I can tell you is that live life long enough and you will be confronted with a compromise that if you choose wrong will absolutely affect your destiny. What will it be? You know, I've talked to many people. It's like, you know, most of the people that, that I've uh, had contact with over my lifetime that are, that are drug addicts never intended to be one. It started with one time, they made a mistake. They compromised, and that compromise caused them, cost them their entire life. Years and years burnt away. So what we have to see is this. If we can understand beforehand, we need to predetermine the response we're going to have. Predetermined when that temptation to lust, when that temptation to lie, when that temptation to hurt, that temptation to do things that you know are not conducive with your walk with God, when that comes upon you, when you predetermine, I will not let anything redirect me from what God has called me to. I will not. There's something really powerful about facing compromise with that. In other words, you've got to choose to live on purpose. Me and Grant Ross were having coffee yesterday and that's one of the things we were talking about is living with intention. The importance of, of making things that are important a priority and saying, you know what? No, we choose, we decide beforehand because the, the master of the servant will always be the stressed thing, the difficult thing in your life. It will always be that and what happens is then your situations, your circumstances are defining and telling you Here's what's important. But when you decide beforehand, it's like when you sit down for your week and uh, you know, so many of us don't make a plan for the week. You, know, you ask me, so what do you got tomorrow? I gotta get up and go to work. Well, what are you gonna do at work? Work. I'll know when I get there. Here's the problem with that. Because you know as well as I do, when you go to work, depending on what you do, and you get there and you don't have a plan and you don't have priorities set in place, then all these things, these little things are gonna pile up and say, you know, it's which one gets dealt with? The, the dog that barks the loudest, right? That's the one. 
But maybe it's not the dog that barks the loudest that you need to deal with first. Maybe it's that elephant in the room. The problem is when we don't make a plan, we respond to the crisis moment, and we respond based on how we feel a lot of times. So what I would tell you today is to live on purpose. And why? Because life, life brings all kinds of challenges. There's going to be all kinds of challenges in your life, but we need to be resolute in our convictions. Listen, I, just, I want to tell you, if you believe that God's word is our guide, that it is a gift from God to direct us and lead us. This is the truth by which we live. Then the convictions to live by the dictates and the patterns that God has given us has to be priority. We have to be resolute. It has to be a conviction in our heart. Because if not, if you make a, a choice if you, or if you make a decision that says, you know what, it's just this little thing. It's just this once it's just once more, that once more will grow into a herd. <laughs> it will grow into a stampede, and it will crush everything in your life. So what I'm trying to tell you today is not to make you feel bad because you have places of compromise in your life. What I'm trying to show you through Scripture is just like Haggai said, you've got to consider your ways. We have, to be learn, we have to learn to be faithful in the little things. So when we look at our lives and we say, God, I, I, I know I've got compromise. I know that that's going to happen in my life. I want my response to be, I'm going to prepare for it. I'm going to prepare for it. One of the stories I told from the get-go on this one was uh, when my dad started having heart issues. And, uh, you know, I don't know if you've ever had that stress when family members do that, you know, but I, I remember uh, it was a lot of anxiety. You're dealing with all that. And I thought I was having a heart attack, that I was a young man. And, uh, you know, looking back, I'm going, it's kind of funny that I thought I was having a heart attack because uh, it was probably a near impossibility at that point. But I went to the doctor and He's talking to me, and I'm telling him, and he said, you know, Clay, here's what you need to realize, and I, this is one of the things I, don't, I struggle with, is he said, it's not a matter of if, it's when. And I went, what do you mean it's a matter of when? I don't like that. That's not faith talk. I like faith talk. It's not going to happen. That's what I want to hear, you know. But one of the things he told me stuck with me is this. He says, the best thing you can do is to Get your heart and your body strong enough so when something like that, an event like that does happen, your body can handle it. And that's what I want to tell you spiritually. The crisis will come. <clears throat> the temptation for compromise, it will come. But the question is, will you be ready for it? Will you be prepared for that temptation? Will you be able to stand and be the person that God's called you to be right there in that moment? There's another passage, James chapter four, verse 17. I love this passage. It says, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does it and does not do it, I was going into King James, <laughs> to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is sin. What would that tell us? That would tell us that trying to just get under God's best is sin. Remember what we said that was? Compromise. 
That means when we compromise, it's sin. And what does the word of God say? The Bible says that no sin will enter into heaven. That's why this is such an important conversation to have, and it needs to be a continued conversation. That's why you need to be in a small group around people that can walk life with you, that you can speak to, that can speak into your life. Because I'm going to tell you something, there's some places where you're walking in compromise that you don't see. And you've grown numb to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You need somebody else that's willing to say, you know what, you need to straighten up. You need to stop being stupid. That's why nobody comes to me for counseling. (laughs) That goes there across the desk. Well, here's my problem. Here's my problem. Well, you're an idiot. Stop being dumb. That's the greatest counseling thing ever spoken. But we don't want to hear that, but we need it. We need somebody that can speak the truth. We need someone that's willing to do that. So you have to surround yourself with those people. You know, the Bible says that the, the compromise that we're talking about, the, the, the Bible kind of speaks to them as the little foxes. In the book of Song of Solomon, chapter two, verse 15, it says, catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. Here's what I want you to see. Your life has fruit. As you grow in Christ, you bear fruit. What you also need to understand is that the enemy will send the little foxes. They don't, they, they're kind of cute. You know, they're running around. Have you ever seen a fox? They're cute until they get after one of your animals. Or you walk up on one. They're a little bit terrifying. But, you know, you look, it's the little foxes in the vineyard. And the little foxes, if you don't take care of them, will ruin the fruit that God has for your life. So you've got to watch it. You've got to take care of it. When you have things going on, deal with it. Take care of it because the little foxes turn into big foxes. And you know what animals do? You know, they, they reproduce. And pretty soon, you've got families of foxes living in your vineyard, eating everything, destroying everything, and you're looking at your life and going, well, I don't know what happened. Really? You don't know what happened? Oh, I can tell you. Because you got frustrated with your spouse and you thought they didn't care for you enough. They weren't meeting all of your needs in particular seasons and all this stuff. And you got so frustrated, you entertained a thought. And then all of a sudden, because you entertained a thought, a stronghold set up. And then you find yourself out somewhere and you see this person who's really attractive and really nice and they're really friendly and they're really open and you can just talk to them. And you begin to invest in that little compromise. And then you find yourself in divorce court. You find yourself separated from your children. You find all these different things in your life begins to crumble all around you. Do not look back and go, I don't know what happened. Yes, you do. You didn't deal with the little foxes. You didn't deal with the compromise that the preacher sat up in the pulpit and told you about. Because you didn't want to hear it. Because you're more comfortable with your compromise because you've known it for so long. Do you know that sin tolerated over time goes past justification, being justified? Because that's what we do. I'm not talking about godly justification. I'm talking about human justification. We excuse our sins. And the longer you do that, your heart begins to be seared. And you don't see it anymore. And you know how you can tell? is when somebody brings you the word of God and says, here's what the Bible says, and it offends you. 
Why? Because it rubs across that, because you haven't felt conviction on that point in so long. But when the word of God comes upon you, when the word of God is presented to you and confronts your compromise, can I tell you something? It's not comfortable. And you should embrace that discomfort and say, God, I don't want compromise in my life. I want to be pure before you. We have to deal with compromise. We have to deal with these things. So let me give you your second one and as I wrap this up. Do not live your life continually on defense. Begin to live from an offensive position. Too many believers are always battling off, like the enemy's attacking them. The enemy's, oh, the enemy's attacking me. The enemy's attacking me. You talk to him the next Sunday, oh, I'm okay, but the enemy sure is attacking me. It's like, Pastor, you don't understand. I got spiritual warfare. I've had spiritual warfare from the day it started, and the enemy just attacks and attacks. Reminds me of the little lady that kept coming into my dad's church, and dad would ask her, said, well, sister, how you doing? She goes, oh, I'm not doing so good, Pastor. Well, what's going on? Oh, the devil's on my back. He's been on my back all week. And my dad, I remember him saying, well, honey, get him off your back. Because too many times we're fighting on defense when you should be on the offense. I'm going to tell you one thing that I have learned. I would much rather be the attacker than the attacked. I would rather be the person to go in after the enemy than having the enemy come after me. So I'm just telling you right now, in your life, yes, there are times you got to be on defense. Absolutely. But guys, sometimes, and more times than defense, you want to be on offense. In a, in a game of sports, you can't win unless you're the offense. You can't score points. As me and a friend were talking this week, we were talking about that particular thing. It's like, you know, sometimes you need to be on the bench. You know why? You need to catch your breath. You know, I, I remember this. I, I remember playing ball, basketball, and, you know, it's, it's just we were, we were known for running. That's what we were, the running devils. I know, it's a long story. But that, that was a thing. And, and, man, they ran us to death, man. And it was because those guys would run hard all the time, the whole game. You're moving the whole time. And I can tell you something. Nobody can, at, at my or our level anyway, could play the entire game at the full efficiency, at their full effectiveness. There was times they had to be pulled out, if nothing else, to catch their breath and get their focus right where it needed to be. I remember one time I was playing church basketball. Let me tell you something. You want to go to mission field? Church sports. Because I'm going to tell you something happens to men on softball fields and on basketball courts. They turn into heathen. I'm going to tell you, that competitive edge that comes on, you're like going, dear God, what happened? They said, what? I'll never forget, I was playing, and uh, we, uh, we had one sub, because everybody didn't show up, so we had one sub. That means there were six of us. So we got a break every now and then, but I remember running back and forth, and there's this one guy on the other team, and he was just wearing me out, man. I mean, he was pushing and elbowing and fighting all that. And I'm like, I'm good with that for a little while, but then I'm like, I'm going back. You know, it's like, okay, you want to play this way? Let's play this way. You know what happens when you get into that moment? You forget who you are. That's when compromises come. You make decisions based on how you feel in the moment. And I'm going to be very transparent in this thing. because So here we are on the court, and he did it again. So I responded in kind. Probably a little too much. The next thing I know, this dude is coming at me, and he's on me. 
and it's a full-on fist fight. Right on the basketball court, y'all. Church court. And I'm going. I'm like going, no, no, we're not doing it. And we're going, we're going. And one of the guys comes out and jumps on my back, one of my guys, and says, Pastor, don't forget you're a pastor. And I went, oh, my God. I looked at the guy and said, dude, I'm so sorry. You know, and then we're both laughing. But anyway, it ended up, it ended up really well. But <laughs> men are stupid. That's what I could say. But still, the thing is, is when you get in those moments, if you're not prepared for those moments or you're running so hard constantly, you, sometimes the bench is a good place to be to catch your breath, but you're not meant to stay on the bench. So see, there are these seasons in our lives that we have to be active and prepared, but we can't always be on defense. So I would tell most of our problems is not the bench. I can tell you most problems is that people have been on the bench too long. But the main problem in our lives is that we don't go on offense. So if you want to deal with the compromise, be offensive. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, we've read this scripture on Wednesdays a lot. We read it last week, as a matter of fact, on Sunday. 2 Corinthians 10 verses 4 and 5 says that the, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but what? But mighty in God. And I want you to say it with me. But mighty in God for pulling down what? So let's, I want to read They're not, it's warfare, are not carnal, but Mighty in God for pulling down, say it, that compromise has allowed to build up in your life. So you say, how do I deal with this? Understand we need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives to help us tear down the strongholds because it's mighty in God, not in yourself, in God. So when we see this, it's like, wow, a reminder that that's why our faithfulness, especially in little things, matters so much. Little things matter a lot. Because in a time, little things that don't get taken care of build up and become big things. I'll close with this. Back in 1913, there was something that we loved so much that was enacted and brought into law, and it was, uh, <laughs> it was the federal income tax. Yeah, isn't it great? 1913. And when it was on the floor, one of the senators that, senators that was fighting against it said, said this, and I'll quote. He said, if we allow this 1% income tax in the door, at some future date, it might rise to 5%. Now, some of you that are ignorant of this stuff realize that it goes as high as 37% now. But what you need to understand is that one foot in the door, don't give the enemy a foothold. Don't. Listen, if you're in a relationship and there's some friction, there's some challenges, you need to deal with it. Don't give the enemy a foothold. If there's compromise in your life, if there's things that you know that need to be taken care of, take care of it. Because I want to see the best in your life. I want you to be everything that God's called you to be. And I want you to be ready for his return. So what is it to you? What is the compromise that you've allowed? And are you willing to deal with it? Sometimes those compromises seem so small and they're not, they're not big, but you know it's not right. You've kind of fallen right beneath right. 
what do you need to deal with? Let the Holy Spirit convict you. Let him speak to your heart today. So with heads bowed and eyes closed all across the room, you're here today and you say, Pastor, I know that there's areas of my life that I have compromised. I know there are little foxes that I've just not dealt with. Maybe I've not dealt with them because it wasn't convenient or it was not comfortable or, or maybe I just kind of liked them. You say, Pastor, I know I need to let the Lord purify me. I, I know I need to confront this and take care of it in my life and I need to do better. If that's you right now, every head bowed, every eye closes, private business, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need you to be praying for me. I need that compromise out of my life. If that's you, lift your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, yes, yes. Amen. Yep, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You can place your hands back down. Yes, ma'am, I see your hand. Now I'm gonna ask everyone to stand to your feet this morning and I'm gonna ask our altar workers to come to the front and our pastors that are available to get ready to receive people that might need prayer. But while they're coming, I'm gonna ask everyone in the house once again to bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. And I'm gonna ask you a question. Are you here today? and you know that the compromise in your life has taken you completely off course and you need to get back on track. You need Jesus today. You need that joy, that fire that you once had. In other words, you need to repent and come clean before God. You might be here and never received Christ before, never made a real decision as an adult. Not talk about when you were three years old in kids' church and in nursery as an adult that you made a choice to follow Jesus. So my question, is that you? Today is a great day to start new. So if you would, with every head bowed, every eye closed, you say, Pastor, that's me. Today, I need Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, remember me because I need to change today. This is my day. Amen. I love it. Let's pray. Simple prayer. If you're making this decision today, tell somebody. Tell somebody. It matters. So let's just say this prayer as a family. Dear Jesus, I'm sorry. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and make me new. I receive you, Jesus, as my Savior right now. I repent of my sins and I turn away from my past. Today I am forgiven and I'm a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen, amen. Give the Lord some praise this morning and I'm gonna speak a blessing over you and I'm gonna open these altars. The best thing you can do when you're facing the battles of compromise is to agree with somebody and just pray. Can I tell you this? You don't have to speak your life story. You can just pray. But sometimes we just need someone to lay hands on us and agree in faith. That's what we're here for. We believe in you. But I'm gonna speak a blessing over you. Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this amazing family. And I pray, God, that the word that has been shared, your word, God, it'll take root in every one of our hearts. And Lord, as it does, I pray as we walk out of here, that your favor precedes us. 
in everything that we do. And I pray this, God, that you would widen the path beneath us that we might not stumble. I pray for strength, wisdom, and discernment. And I pray this, God, that they would walk with your joy upon their lips, that they might represent you well. Father, today, I call them blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Give the Lord another praise. These altars are open, everybody. We love you. I am proud of you. Now go be the church, everybody. It's a